Why is it we humans get romanced by complexity when the answers can be found at a simple and practical level? This is the Simply Practically Human podcast, where the human manager, Mark Labasque, features experts who have a track record in humanising workplaces, using simplicity and practicality as their go-to approach. It's all about getting back to what it is to be human and watch workplaces thrive rather than just survive. Hey there, it's Mark Labasque for the Simply Practically Human podcast and I was joined today by Alana Bennett who is a human experience fanatic and coach and someone who is particularly passionate about the need for deep human connection. So much so that Alana has just set up her own business, which is called The Connected Experience, and she'll share a little bit about that in the episode. But some things I picked up from today to be really, really conscious about is know who your people are and not just what they do. Put your oxygen mask on first and that there are two people in every relationship who have a role to play in building deep connection. Alana is someone I met about two years ago. We connected via LinkedIn and the moment I met her, I knew straight away I'd found a soulmate in the whole idea of humanising workplaces. Her passion for connection, her enthusiasm, and really she is, I think, the energiser bunny of building connectivity in workplaces. She has a track record for doing it. And now she shares these things with you in this podcast today. So sit back and have a listen and learn, particularly again in these times of COVID-19, some great ways to build deep and lasting human connection. I'm joined today by human experience fanatic and coach of Connected Experience, Alana Bennett. Alana, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Hey, um, before we get into the simple and practical ways to build connection is something that you're absolutely fanatical about. How did we connect? Can you remember how we first connected? So I think I liked something that you had put on LinkedIn and then I think you sent me a message and we said, let's catch up for a coffee. You came to meet me at my office and the rest is history, so they say. There you go. It's, um, yeah. I, I recall that first meeting um, and your energy for the human stuff and the connected stuff. And I remember walking out of that room going, and I always say this, I've found another one. I've found yeah. another one that gets it. And, uh, you know, the other thing that comes out of the back of that for me is that then you choose to keep being connected. And I hope as we get through this um, episode today, you might be able to shed some light on why do we keep a connection up with, with other human beings? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay, so let's talk a bit about you first, though, because rather than, and not about, you know, your CV and all those types of things, but let's learn about the human being. So perhaps take the listeners back into the life of Alana. Yeah, wow. Wow, how long have we got? As long as you want. (laughs) So I uh, born and raised here in Melbourne. I uh, live now, though, uh, Bayside, Melbourne, near the beach, which is... um, is definitely my happy place. Um, I've only been back here, though, for about four and a half years. I've spent 13 years away living in both Perth and Sydney and, yeah, came back here about four and a half years ago so all my family are, my husband's family are all in Sydney. So we're kind of spreading the love, not COVID-19, um, around <laughs> Australia. <laughs> uh, fantastic. And so so you grew up in, in Melbourne, you said? In Melbourne. I've got a twin sister. There's only the two of us. We're identical twins. 
And look, we had a lot of fun growing up. We're very identical and um, we certainly took advantage of that. We knew that we were different to everyone else and because of that we were kind of cheeky and it meant that we got forgiven really quickly and, yeah, we certainly had some fun, you know. We uh, And what, what was really interesting actually at the time is twins weren't a very common thing and in my year level, when I got to high school, in my year level there were seven sets of twins. Wow. Only one of them were fraternal, so the rest were all identical and only one set of boys. So it was really interesting as we kind of grew up and we had all these twins kind of floating around is the connection's really, really different. And not having any other siblings either is I didn't realise how different the connection was until you start to learn more about your friends' relationships with their siblings and then, you know, when I've your partner's relationships with their siblings and, you know, my sister and I still to this day would text or FaceTime every single day. We would text oh, hundreds of times throughout the day and I remember even my husband when we first met, he'd be like, who are you messaging? Um, we'd say to my sister. I said, don't you message your sister? And he's like, not like you message your sister. It's weird. <laughs> but it is a really, really different, unique relationship. Yeah, it's funny, you know, because I, I'm, as you're talking, I'm thinking about my, my recent book, The Little Book of Human, which you share an amazing story in. But you also, you know, in the little bit of the bio in there, you talk about I think I recall even, you know, feeling things that yeah. your sister was feeling and, you know, that, that, that that's a whole nother level of connection oh, there, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, she knew I was pregnant before I knew I was pregnant. She was actually experiencing all of the morning sickness symptoms and I wasn't. As soon as I had the pregnancy confirmed, it stopped and then unfortunately spun back my way and I got the morning <laughs> sickness symptoms. But I do remember her very quickly saying, Googling, will I feel labour pain? <laughs> and I was going, oh, holy hell, hope not. <laughs> But yeah, we have we've had all of that, and we've and we've had also this deep sense of knowing something's going on, and knowing it was about each other. And like you know, when I was living in Perth, and the time difference, I remember waking up one morning, kind of you know, really early hours, and something's gone on, and something had gone on. I was on the phone to my sister straight away. So we absolutely have all of that. What's really amazing now is we we both have children, and genetically, because we're identical, our children are actually half siblings. Because the only genes that are different is the is the father. Wow! And my youngest son and her eldest son are so alike; it's quite amazing. And my whole family always calls them the wrong names. You know, we're kind of always interchanging um, their names. It's, it's quite amazing. So there's a uh, there's a whole different level of connection there via genetics. There is. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so let's get into this idea of connection. And, you know, in these times, I've had pivoted a little mm. bit in my podcast at the moment. There's this thing called COVID-19. I'm not sure if you're yeah. aware of it, but, uh, you know, I think <laughs> many of us are. Connection at the moment has mm. gone from physical connection, human to human, to this, what we're doing right now, this virtual yeah. connection. As a connection expert, mm. what's going on for you? What are you What are you noticing that's really useful at the moment in a time where, you know, we could easily go the other way and feel all the doom and gloom? What's been working well? So I think the trick here, Mark, is to not overcomplicate it. And I think that even everything that I was, you know, hearing and seeing and reading in early days was, you know, this panic and fear response around how will I... I think two things, how will I know my people are doing their job if I can't see them, which, you know, we, we know that exists in the old way of work, and also how do I connect with them if I can't see them. I'm the first to say I am a massive believer of um, knowing who you are is far more important than what you do. 
And that's a really deep value of mine and has been my whole life. And so I think we've got to teach our leaders to go back to basics and give them a sense of calm and reassurance that showing care, consideration and empathy is actually all you need to do right now. Do that and do that well. The rest kind of, you know, will sort itself out. But I also know that, you know, being brave and feeling fear are mutually exclusive. You know, those two emotions almost need to sit hand in hand, I think, in some really great letters to be quite courageous. And that's okay. But I think we need to totally decomplicate relationships and connections and just actually checking with people, make sure people are okay and do it like we're doing over video. Remove the desire to pick up the phone and have the conversation, but actually have that eyeball even through, you know, a video call. Yeah, I like that. And, um, you know, a couple of things you just said then, how will I know if my people are doing the work. Mm. I think there's something here around trust as well, just oh, trusting that uh, that people are doing the work. In fact, one of the things that I'm noticing at the moment is people may actually be working harder and longer hours yes. because, you know, I know there's been some times when I'm sitting here at home and it gets to like 3.26pm and I go, shit, I better have some lunch now. Yeah. Um, so even that sort of thing, yeah. being conscious that your people aren't doing too much. And I love Absolutely. your point, you know, know who you are not what you do. In fact, yeah. you know, I think there's the episode name for this particular episode is that yeah. um, we are so caught up in our CVs and, you know, this is what defines me. But really, if we can start to work out who we are and if it's we're a empathetic, compassionate, trusting human being, yeah. we won't be worrying about whether Correct. Alana's at home doing her work exactly. versus she's doing something that's not work. So exactly. um, I yeah. like that. And I think, yeah, I think your point on trust is is really valid. And I also think what goes alongside that is actually positive intent, yes. you know, is leaders actually assume, you know, that everyone is actually doing the right thing until they prove you otherwise, right? Yeah, and, and, yeah. and, you know, in businesses that I've worked in, when we've talked about remote work, working, we've always said that, is assume they're doing the right thing until you prove otherwise. Otherwise, it will never work, you know. You're always in this kind of relationship of push and pull between the leader and the employee that it doesn't really hit the rubber where it needs to for it yep. to be successful for both parties. So here's a question for you without notice, one I didn't send through, <laughs> but I know you'll handle this well because you'd always do. Um, <laughs> the relationship between trust mm-hmm. and building deep connection. What what, yeah. what are you what are some thoughts there? Because you know, trust gets thrown around like candy at a kid's birthday party as a word. I trust you, I don't trust you. But how do those two go hand in hand? Yeah, so look, I think you've got to build the trust over time to build the relationship. So there's not many people that you'll meet with straight up. And particularly if you don't have that instant connection. So, you know, Mark, I would say that you and I instantly connected and we we just kind of, our relationship went bang. But there are some where that doesn't happen, you know. It's not that, and, and whether that's because type of people they are or whatever it might be. And so I think it's a slow burn. It's the responsibility of the leader and accountability of the employee to show interest in each other first, you know. Yep. The reality is, is we don't work in a world where we're going to get along well with everyone, but we need to at least show interest and allow the trust to 
grow and build over time because that's what enables the connections to actually form. And I think sometimes that leaders can be so in their head about whatever's going on in this relationship is actually about them when, in fact, actually it's got nothing to do with them, which is why when I say knowing who the people are in your team is far more important than what they do because if you know who someone is, you will inevitably know that something's going on for them at home and that's what's the cause of that fraction between your relationship. But I think leaders just go, oh, it's all about me. And, and, you know, so many times in my career I've said, well, do you know that there's not something else going on for that person? Yeah. Oh, I never thought to ask the question. You think, oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, we miss that because we've thought about that important report that we had to get done by midnight that night or that uh, fancy PowerPoint presentation or or whatever it might have been. Hey, um, let's get into the guts of things. And I reckon you've covered a bit of this already, but but let's reinforce some of it. Three simple and practical tools or tips from the expert in, in building connection as you are, what would be three things that would be really useful for the human beings listening to this yeah. in these times to be practicing right now? Yeah, I'm going to quickly talk about the know who people are on your team and not what they do. And I cannot overemphasize the importance of that. You know, in the last business that I worked in, we totally transformed our experience to focus on introducing people to the business when they joined the business about who they were and not what they did. You know, so it was never this, here's John, he's a sales leader, this is what he where he's based and this is his clients. It was always, here's John, he loves these things, this is a time when he's felt the most alive in his life, this is what he hopes to achieve here. It's sharing who he was because what it does, it allows other people to connect with that individual where they've got similarities. So all of a sudden you've got people in your business that are forming these connections around who they are and what they bring to the party as a result of that that has nothing to do with the job that they will perform. As human beings, our greatest need from the day we are born is to have connections and to feel connected. So in workplaces, if we can from day one, even before people start, is help people feel that connection, they will be far more successful at assimilating into that environment, being really successful, you know, having contribution, creating impact without worrying about where are my friends, do I belong here, you you kind of remove all of that. So I can't talk, you know, more importantly about that. Fantastic. The other thing that I'm a, a really big advocate on is this idea of putting your own oxygen mask on first. And I I have definitely learned that the hard way over the years. And, you know, I've worked with a lot of leaders that haven't allowed that to be possible because of how they lead. And so I think being really, really, really critical around what your non-negotiables are, what is it that you need as an individual to be able to thrive and be your best self every day? You know, for me, minor things like, you know, exercise, meditation, eating well, drinking lots of water, quality time with my family, you know, the minute that that feels like any of those things are out of place, I start to feel this kind of push and pull around where is my place of comfort, where am I feeling safe, and not that I'm able to be there for other people in my life. A big part of the work that I do is I love giving to other people um, like you do, but if I haven't given enough to myself, there's nothing left in my tank. Yep. Love it. And so that's, you know, super, super, super important. And then the other thing is that I think in today's day and age, we spend a lot of time focusing on the leader's role in relationships, but we all, there are two people in every relationship 
And so we all have a level of accountability to choose how we show up to those relationships. Now, yes, we all have bad days. I think being able to have a way in which you can communicate with your leader or the people in your life that gives you permission to say, I'm having a bad day, Hmm. will make that a far better relationship long term. But I think there's a level of personal accountability on all of us, regardless of the relationship that we're in, to determine how we show up and what we're bringing to that relationship and how we choose to connect daily. Love it. So again, the whole idea of simple and practical, there's some amazing things there. The oxygen mask, knowing the person rather than what they do. And this whole idea, I love this thing about there are two people in every relationship because sometimes we do put extra pressure on the leader. It's like it's your job to do that. But I think when great leadership happens is when we look past title and we just look at the human. And for a person who may be listening who's not got a title, my, my challenge is to say this, What are you doing to create connection with the person that has the privilege of being your leader at the moment? Absolutely, yeah. And let's not underestimate in COVID-19 times the amount of stress and pressure our leaders under particularly those that maybe aren't humanistic, you know, leaders and the inner turmoil they're probably feeling at the moment. So I think for those people in teams who are parts of teams is absolutely taking that lead. Definitely. Absolutely. I love it because, um, you know, in these times, I know different types of leadership will turn up. Yes. Some people who are very humanistic will be able to help those that aren't. And, and also that works the other way around. Yeah. Simplicity versus complexity. Mm. The $64 question, which is one I'd grapple with every day mm. and love your thoughts on this. Why is it that humans seem to be romanced by complexity in finding that big new idea or what I call that atom splitting moment rather than just stepping into some simple things. What what have you noticed with humans that sort of draws them towards the flame of complexity? Yeah, I love that we're having this conversation about this because this is probably one thing that I wouldn't say infuriates me, but it does definitely frustrate me, you know, particularly if I think about, you know, human resources as an industry. I think about over the years, we definitely, in my opinion, so, you know, disclaimer, it's absolutely my opinion, uh, we've definitely overcomplicated how we lead people in businesses. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying this is a reflection of any business that I've, that I've worked in, but, but what I see and what I hear, you know, I think about some leadership development offerings that some businesses are doing, they're so complicated. You know, you're spending all this money and time with leaders. You're taking them out of their jobs to train them and teach them to do amazing things, but you're not giving them any practical. They go back to the office the next day and they actually can do it. And that is, I think, the biggest source of frustration for a lot of people. And I don't know why we do it. I don't know if as businesses we want to be seen as doing something different to everyone else, but I always say why. Actually, as human beings, we don't want to be different from one another. We want to be the same. You know, I I think about it from an experience perspective and I know of businesses that if you join and you're a permanent employee, you get a blue lanyard and if you're a contractor, you get a white lanyard. So instantly on day one, we have identified that there's a difference between these two individuals and therefore they will naturally be treated differently because we've we've created that difference. Yet as individuals, we kind of sit there and go, well, what am I missing out on? Why did you get that? And I got this. So I don't know why we're doing it. It is definitely happening though, but I think we need to really, and I encourage all leaders that are listening to this podcast to really challenge your thinking around what you're doing in your businesses and 
actually really calling on yourself and your leadership teams to bring it back to basics and look at the outcome that you're trying to achieve and how you do that in a way that's really practical and that the people in your business can use it immediately, you know, and you're not creating a sense of differentiation because at a human level, we don't want to be different. We just want to be treated the same. And, and you know, what, a, what an example you used about the lanyard. So mm. if you want to build connection, yeah. but we have a, a blue lanyard and a white lanyard team, that's not connection. That's actually no. starting to build some sort of, it's not quite isolation. It's somewhere in between. It's a divide between yeah. two. And I remember when I started working at Australia Post, I contracted for five years and they used to do their engagement survey. And one year it was called Your Opinion Counts. And I was a contractor and we didn't get to fill out the uh-huh. survey because we were contractors and I was called to a big bloody town hall thing. And for some reason, I don't know why the lady picked me because obviously she didn't know I was a contractor, but in the group of 100-odd people, she asked me about my thoughts on the survey and my response was this, my opinion doesn't count. Mm. And she looked at me and she said, why? I said, because I'm a contractor and I don't get to do that. Now, if I think back to that and what you just said, my level of connection in that business was based around what I did and not who I was. Yes. Yeah. So let's finish off with this. You are at a really exciting time in your um, in your life and, and mm. stepping into your passion for this whole idea of human experience fanatic and, and connector. Yeah. Where can people find out more about Alana Bennett? How can they connect with you and find out about what you are about to embark on, which I know is going to be an amazing, uh, amazingly successful journey for you and for those who come in contact with you? Uh, thank you. So you can find me on Dean is probably the, the first and easiest place to connect with me or alana at connectedexperience.com.au and website is coming live in the next couple of weeks which will be www.connectexperience.com.au so they're the easiest forms of, of contact and yeah I'm so thrilled and, and a huge shout out to you for your encouragement and support as I'm taking this leap which uh, you know you yourself have done because it's scary right it's kind of scary backing something you love and thinking is everyone else going to love it as much as I do? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I'm sure I'm sure they're going to love it. Thank you for coming on to the uh, Simply Practically Human podcast and I am looking forward to building deeper connection over the next short period of time. Thanks, Alana. Thanks, Mark. Alana Bennett, what can I say? As I said, that energy would have been bouncing out through the recording today. The energy she has for connection, the energy she has for seeing human beings as humans. And I love the stories she shared, a little bit about her backstory, particularly with her twin sister and the way that they feel things and the level of connection they've built over a whole lot of time. If you like this, why not rate it five stars? And if you loved it, share it with your friends. Until next time, keep it simple, keep it practical, and keep it human. Bye for now.